0: The Blazers season is upon us. Well, at least the lead into the season. Welcome to the Blazer Focus Podcast. I'm Aaron Fentress. I cover the Blazers for the Oregonian and OregonLive.com. And I have with me, as always, my main man, Craig Bernbach. Craig, the season, dude, it's like, it's pretty much here. Training camp starts Tuesday, media days, Monday. There's going to be a preseason game in Seattle in like 11 days. I pretty much already said my farewells to my family and said, I'll see them in May. Because my <laughs> life is over for the next six and a half, seven months, depending on how far the Blazers go. Are you ready for this mentally? Like I'm not. I'm never ready until I see a preseason game.
1: Like I'm always like, oh, because even when you go to training camp, which you're going to go to California, I am. So that that might be a different experience going to California. I'm just saying when you go to the training facility, it's not like everything seems the same there until a game. But right. I think it'll be different in California. Uh, I'm excited. Uh, because there's so much to look forward to finding out with the Blazers this year because last year was such, I mean... A circus? I want to say it was a <laughs> roller coaster, but it was mostly it we'll see on the bottom end of the
0: coaster. There wasn't a <laughs> it was a roller coaster. roller coaster. It was just one big long dive to the bottom and you think you're going right. to die and then it stops. like a log
1: flume, basically. Just keep going down, keep going down. Uh, But, you know, we're going to find out so much, see some players, maybe learn what the coach, you know, the first year coach is a second year coach, but we still didn't learn a lot last time. So I'm excited about that and uh, super excited to see Damian Lillard back on the court. I think that's what I'm the most excited about is uh, to see what that core surgery uh, fixed and whether or not we see... A resurgent dame. I think we are, and I'm excited about that.
0: Yeah. Well, he's made it sound like he is better than ever physically. That he is. He was season ready in during summer league. He said basically, and then he maybe has to tone it back a little bit to pace himself for the start of the season. That's all great news. And there's a lot of great storylines with this team. I, I'm. You look. I think I'll get jacked up for this when I get to Santa Barbara. Right now, I'm still dreading it, but once I get immersed in it. <laughs> Then I'll get then i get kind of pumped because there's a lot of there's a lot of interesting things about this team. Of course, my boy Ant, which we'll talk about a little bit later. Uh but yeah, I'm 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 like dreading it a little bit because it's such a, a grind, but I know I'll get excited once I get to Santa Barbara. And I will say this, I'm excited for you because last year <laughs> it was hard to write. I was, it was just, hard for you I was to find t- to write about I was just the typing season. the last two months. <laughs>
1: You know, game summaries were, there was not much interesting. So, uh, and you've already started uh, checking out the Oregonian. You got a little series uh, right now um, about the upcoming season. Share a little bit about what you're going to do. And then we're going to, you and I are kind of going to go through it. And uh, I'm going to tell you why you're right or wrong. (laughs)
0: Okay. So uh, just to lead up to training camp, which starts next week, I've been doing a five-part series on the five- uh, things that must happen for the Blazers to contend. Now, initially people are gonna say, contend. <coughs> what are you talking about, Fentress? What you talking about, Fentress? But you talk about what while I don't necessarily believe they will contend, stranger things have happened. The Celtics last year were 25 and 25 after going 36 and 36 the previous year, and then boom, they were in the finals. Uh, three years ago in the bubble, the Suns were horrible leading up to the bubble, then won eight straight. Add a Chris Paul, the next year, boom, they're in the finals. No one saw that coming. I'm not saying that's gonna happen, but I do believe that these five things that are on my list happen, the Blazers will win 50 games. If you win 50 games, you got a shot to be a contender. So that's my theory. I'm sticking to it, and it's just my what, way of easing that's into this. This is my way of easing into this thing. So my number one, my number one that published, we published this uh Monday or Tuesday. Is that, of course, and this is obvious, Damian Lillard has to return to MVP candidate form. We're talking how he looked two seasons ago before April when he kind of fell apart physically. We're talking about the year he finished, I think, third in the MVP voting or fourth or something like that. We're talking about he doesn't have to score 29, 30 points. The, the number of points doesn't matter because they do have a lot of offensive weapons. It's the efficiency. He has to get back to 46% from the field to 39, 40% from three. Last year, he was awful. I think it was 31% from three and, and 43% from the field or something like that. And it, clearly, he was a detriment, but he was hurt. We all know that. Now, he's healthy. But if he has to get back to a position where when they're talking MVP, Damian Lillard's in the discussion. And I think we're going to find out so early because, as you mentioned, the points don't matter.
1: I mean... Uh, if Damian Lillard, like a, a very unhealthy Damian Lillard shooting 30 times a game still gets 25 points. You know what I mean? It's right. just the way the NBA works. To me, it's just how he's going to move because he just couldn't move and you could see it. Um, even parts of two years ago where he was struggling to be the athlete that he is. Mm-hmm. And the thing about Damian is he didn't come in as Like a John Morant freak athlete. I mean, obviously, he's an amazing athlete. He's in the NBA. But he's really athletic. You know I mean? Mm -hmm. He he comes through the lane and dunks when he's healthy. And you're like, whoa, where did that come from? Um, He blows by people when he needs to. And he physically can move, um, get to the the hole because of that uh, athletic ability. And last year, he was just shooting jumpers and he was doing step backs and not getting the space that he needed because right. he didn't have the the you know that, that first step right. so i'm so anxious to see damon lillard play because he's gotten athletically if you look at what he looked like as a rookie and what he look, what he looks like now physically it's ridiculous mm-hmm. i mean he i mean he's got so much muscle he worked so hard and he worked hard when he was physically damaged so right. i'm anxious to see a 32 year old dame and and um, at his peak athletic ability, and then how he adjusts to all this newness because he hasn't had this much newness in a long time, um, where he's had to say, and I know we're going to discuss more of that later, but oh, dude, like we haven't been playing together for <laughs> my entire career, like you know he had with CJ. He's going to have three new starters and two guys he's never ever played with. And we have not seen Damian Lillard play without CJ McCollum. Right. You know, for a whole season. It just for a long time. You know, other than before CJ played, right? right? Right. And that's a long run uh, with your partner in crime. So I 100% agree. The Blazers (laughs) aren't going anywhere if Damian Lillard can't play, you know, 65 games and play him at an elite level. Exactly. Um, I was looking at ESPN's doing their rankings Uh of top 25 players. Uh, I think it's really interesting how they're doing it. Like all rankings, you're like, well, how'd you do that? And um, I'll say, you know, Kevin Durant and LeBron James are both not in top five. Like that makes you go, hmm, let me do this math. (laughs) LeBron's six Uh, and Durant's of right? It's not too bad. Yeah, I'm just like Kevin Durant, eighth. I just can't come up with – there's no way if I was starting a team this year and playing for a championship – he would be my eighth pick. Right, You know, it just wouldn't happen. Uh, But they got Damian at 14th, um, and that's six spots back. He was top 10 in their poll last year. And so I'm anxious to see if he can be, uh, you know, if he's right
0: there in that 10 range to 15 range, the Blazers are going to be all right. You agree? If he's there in that mix, and we're talking, you know, you said 10 range, right? They have Booker 10. Uh, they have Morant nine. Um, who else they got in the top 15? Uh Trey Young is, is Trey Young 14. I'm trying to call it up here. He's behind him. Youngs.
1: He's it's like 16. 16,
0: 16, yeah. Uh, yeah. If, if he's if he's in that mix, then I think the Blazers are fine. Because now you now you have a legitimate superstar to revolve around. He's obviously playing at a high level. You know, and some people wonder, you know, was it just the injury last year? But I remember specifically there was a stretch right before he really succumbed to the injury where he was back. To being Damian Lillard. It was a four, they came back from a one and three road trip. He actually just started to turn the corner and then they won four straight games at home. This was actually the week I got COVID. Too. <laughs> so I actually wasn't there for most for any of this. Oh, well, that was there for the Toronto game. But he came out and in four games, he shot like 48% from the field, 46% uh, on threes. They won all four and they were back to 10 and eight. And I was thinking, whoa, he's back. They're rolling again. Go. Uh, they, they got a shot to get 45, 50 wins. Let's see what happens. And then, they go to Sacramento to lose, and they go to Golden State, Utah. He scores 27 points combined. And I remember after the Utah game, I asked Lillard or asked Chauncey what was going on because it's one thing for them to lose to at Golden State and at Utah. It's another thing for Damian Lillard to score 27 points combined. It was just weird. He didn't look right. Chauncey said he, he's kind of banged up. Boom. He goes on the injured list for the first time. Then while he's on the injured list, CJ McCollum has the collapsed lung. Dame comes, comes back. He's still not the same. Then they, then they shut him down. So he showed right there when he was feeling okay that he still was damien lillard so i have zero reason to believe that he can't get back to where he was if not better because i'm sure he has a chip on his shoulder and he also said that taking time off not only physically but mentally from the game not having to feel right. the drain mentally of carrying things and all the pressure that's on him has just rejuvenated him we're gonna go back to seeing the damien lillard of all but a guy not dealing with the core muscle surgery so real quick though People they have right around Dame, 15, Paul, uh, 13, Carl Anthony Towns. I mean, a healthy Dame, I'm taking over Towns. Do you disagree with that?
1: No, I mean, I, you know, I'll say, depending on my team, right, who's my guard? I mean, Towns is – the thing with the big guys who can do everything, you know, it changes your entire – Trajectory when you have a seven footer who can dribble, shoot threes, you know what I'm saying? So, I'm always and I'm a little biased toward Towns because uh the New Jersey connection, I can't lie. Um, but yeah, I mean, Towns has never
0: been as good as Damian Lillard has been at his best, exactly. So, I'll, I'll say exactly. it that the way. The other person they have a, 11, they have Harden. Uh, Harden has had a better career, there's no doubt. There definitely could be a, a better a made, argument made for Peak Harden being better than Peak Lillard, however. What we saw, lot, Harden wasn't injured, really last season. He but stuck he was last year. horrible. He stuck. He 40, stuck. forty. Philly, forty percent from the field, thirty-three on threes. <laughs> uh, he didn't. He was not good at all. His um, for the season because in Brooklyn, he was he wasn't any better in Brooklyn. Uh, he was forty-one percent and thirty-three percent. So you, I mean, to be fair, I mean, if we're giving Dame a pass for last year. Maybe we can give Harden a pass for last year. But Harden wasn't hurt. He just was bad. And he didn't improve he just stunk. Right. So I don't like having Harden ahead a little but I but you can make the argument because I get it. I mean there's Lillard he's
1: had seasons was he's had season. seasons that right. are you know NBA top five NBA seasons ever, you know. So right. um of course. I mean I, I think all these things are somewhat benefit of the doubt and not. Uh, but yes, if Damien plays um back to two, you know, two years ago and Harden plays like last year, Dame's a lot better than that <laughs> 100%. Harden, You know. I guess you got to say, you know, fluffy Harden or skinny Harden. I don't know. I don't know what it was. But <laughs> he, allegedly step, is
0: in, he allegedly is in good shape. Well, that's, you know,
1: he's he's an odd player. Everything he does is weird. Everything about James Harden is weird. Um, even when he's at his best, people still hate at, hate on him because they, you know, this or that. But bottom line is he, when he's at, at the top of his form, he produces in ways that um, not very few players have ever done. So, uh, but, I, you know, we'll look at that that way. Um, in the sense that if Lillard plays, you know the way he was two years ago, and Harden plays the way he did last year, Lillard's a lot better, and he'll be ranked higher. So, um, but of course, you know some of what matters to to Dame is that guy next to him in Nurkic, right? Like the the, the now his most, you know, his best bud now that CJ's gone is <laughs> does Nurkic stay healthy and does he live up to the contract? Um, and they're going to be, you know we're, we're going to think of them now, uh, together a little bit more than we have now that CJ's out of the, out of the mix. And, and Nurkic to me is a much bigger question mark, believe it or not, than, than Dame. Cause I, I, I just don't know if he's ever, he well, I know he's never gotten back to pre-broken leg. Um, but now that he's got that contract, what do we see from Nurk? Do we see a a revitalized Nurk that's out to prove that he's worth it, or do we see a Nurk that we have at times that um, hasn't always performed at his peak, both physically and mentally?
0: Right. So Nurk is number two on my list. Th- they got to get. I mean, I love just saying it. I love using this phrase because I just like saying it. Bubble Nurk, like Bubble Nurk was a was a monster. That guy went off in the <laughs> bubble. He had that 22 and 21 against Memphis in the playing yep. game before that. He was killing it. It was like a revelation because he had, he hadn't played since breaking his leg the previous season late. Uh, so that guy is a force. He just is. And they don't need, like, clearly they don't need 24 and 12 from the guy. But they need an efficient and engaged guy who's a threat every night to go 17 and 10. And with his playmaking ability in this offense, uh, Billis wants to run a lot of the offense through him. I think he can sh- definitely shine with all the, slashers and scorers are going to have healthy dame and and of course jeremy grant who we will get to later uh but yeah i mean he he got his money and he in the last two months of last season when dame was out he went out there with anford and i remember joking at dinner at one of the games that they were like a poor man's penny and shat and people of course laughed at me and i'm like how can you not agree with what i just said one i'm playing off the fact that Simon's his first name is Anthony. But the other thing is that they they had that inside-outside game going and they were winning games where those two looked really good together. And um obviously Ant's not gonna be the lead guy now, Dane will be, but the point is that Nurk was engaged and on it and everyone, I think, pretty much believes that the reason they shut him down after the All-Star break, after they won four straight, and he had 32-8 and at Memphis, was because they had agreed, okay, yeah, we're keeping you. We're going to sign you. Let's just sit you out. Because the plantar fasciitis, I would bet 100 k that that was BS. So so if that guy comes back, and when he doesn't have good nights, he doesn't sulk, which sometimes he can get into a funk when he doesn't feel like he's uh, getting the ball enough. Silly fouls. Silly fouls ar- arrive when he's right. not in a good mood. On um, some nights, he's going to be the fourth guy. And if he accepts that but, and just does all the other thing, things, rim protects, plays defense, facilitates, then yeah, he's he's a top 10 center in the NBA. You know, he's not Rudy Gobert, maybe. I mean, he's there's just, only like 12. Yeah, exactly. There's only like 12 centers. So, like you know, he got 17.5 million, which some people were like, that's too much. Well, Rudy Gobert is getting, yeah. what, 50? You know, so there's obviously a disparity there, and yep. Gobert is better at some things, but he's nowhere near the offensive player that Nurkic is. So I think it's a good deal for him, a good deal for the team. He just has to be bubble Nurk the entire season and stay healthy. He hasn't played uh, most of the season since that year he broke his leg late, and the year before that, when he played 79, I think. So that's another thing. Can he stay healthy?
1: Yeah, to me, Nurkic, um, if he's there are plenty of scenarios where they don't. They take him off the court matchups, yeah. Because of you know, I joked right. about there's not a lot of centers, but that's just the truth in the NBA now. You know, teams are playing without centers a lot. I mean, the the Warriors, you know, had a point guard center. You know, they they and they won the title at times, and at other times they use the center. So um, my thing with Nurkic is, will he embrace what the team needs from him? Kind of what you said, and that means to to me the defensive end you mentioned Gobert in the money and it's because Gobert is the best defensive player mm-hmm. in the NBA you know arguably but we know he does he rim protects better than anyone in the NBA and he changes the dynamic on that side of the court and some could argue he changes the dynamic defensively as much as uh, an all-star do- an all-star offensive player does so Nurkic has always been pretty good you know on defense when he wants right. to be uh, but he has the potential to be better because he won't need to do too much on offense. So you want him to exert his uh, energy more on the defensive end than he maybe he has. And if he's not getting 10 rebounds a game, he can't play. <laughs> you know, like there's no point. I'm just saying, what's the point? You're seven feet tall. You need to be cleaning up the glass, both offensively and defensively, because I would, you know, because of all the, Different offensive weapons, and again, he wasn't always thrilled when C.J. and Dame took all the shots. Well, guess what? It's not going to change. It's just going to get worse because now it's Dame and Anthony, and you know, and it's Grant, and and it, and there's other guys to to play. Um, so he's going to have to get um, his stuff off of um, offensive rebounds every once in a while, a mismatch because they keep him on the court, and there aren't as many big men. And he's gonna have to show what he did at times that made everyone go, whoa, which is his passing ability. I mean, he really can, uh, they can they've run the offense, you know, from him at the top of the key, making good decisions. So Nurkic to me is a bigger question mark than Dame because the only question about Dame is will his body let him do it? And all signs say that it will because the surgery he had, others have had. It's not like an Achilles injury. And we know mentally he's gonna be there with with uh Nurkic. It's both physical and mental. So that's why I think he's a bigger question mark.
0: Yeah. The last two months of last season, he was like 17, 18 and 12, you know, 17 points or 17, 18 points and then 12 rebounds a game. Um, and so on the nights when he's only going to score 10 or 11 points, still give you the, the 12 rebounds, still give me the defensive presence. That's what, he, yep. and, and, and he averaged four assists, I think during that stretch too. So still give me those assists. If he does that, then yeah, I, I think he just gives them another dimension to their team that's going to help. Uh, everything else flow, and it just makes him so much better. And, it, you know, yeah, it's a must. I think it's safe to say, Aaron, there's not another center on the roster that can do that, right? That's going to be my other point. <laughs> <Like> if, it, <laughs> if, it, if it's not him, they're playing small, baby. Exactly. You know, your backup is Drew Eubanks, who, and, you know, as a backup, he's athletic, he he, he brings a lot of energy. Uh, but if he's, you got to go to him for 30 minutes a night for a long stretch, that's that could be an issue, no offense, but it wouldn't be an ideal situation okay well so yeah. moving on to the third person on my list here jeremy grant man i mean has anyone ever been linked to a, the blazers for so long and actually then an actually come right, right. <laughs> there's always players there's always players linked to the blazers and then it just doesn't materialize this guy was linked to the blazers for months and yeah boom he's in portland they made it happen with a with a uh, trading their 2000, the pick they own from Milwaukee in a couple years from now. Uh, but anyway, so the deal on Grant, my, my thing with Grant is this, is that he was super inefficient in Detroit. Um, that Grant can't come to Portland. And that's the Grant who shot around 43% from the field, 35% from threes. Those aren't awful numbers. And people like to look at the 20 points per game. To me, that doesn't matter as much as the efficiency. Those aren't hideous, but it's not, it's not to me. It's not that impactful that if you're shooting 43% as a, as a six foot eight power forward swing, uh, small forward and 35% on threes, you're going to miss a lot of shots that people are going to be like, Oh, I can't believe he missed that. Uh, which is what we saw from Covington at, at times, especially when he went to the rim. What they need is they need the guy who played in Denver and Oklahoma City in back to back years when he shot around 48% from the, from, from the field and 39% on threes. The difference, I believe, between how he performed there and how he performed in Detroit was not just the fact that he got more shots in Detroit, uh, which he obviously did. His usage rate shot up from like 16, 17% at the other stops to 28, 26% with Detroit, but it's the qual- it's the type of shots he got. And so here's a stat I found, which I thought was fascinating: that in Oklahoma City, 78.6% of his two-point field goals came off of assists. In Denver, it was seventy-six point six. Now, in, in Oklahoma City, he's playing with Westbrook and George, who combined for fourteen assists a game. In Denver, he's playing with Jokic and Murray, so not only who averaged uh, twelve assists per game. So not only are those guys running the show and they're the one-two uh, options offensively, they're also all pretty good passers, and they were finding him within the offense. He was getting good looks. That wasn't happening in Detroit, where last season only forty-nine point eight percent of his two-point field goals came off assists. That's playing with Cade Cunningham. The year before, they had a hodgepodge of point guards, and it was 54%. So, playing in Portland with two point guards in the starting lineup and a really good passing big man in Nurkic, he should get a lot of really good looks. And he's such a fantastic, dynamic finisher, something Covington was not, that I think all of his 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 uh, efficiency numbers shoot up big time. He's probably not going to average 20 points a game, but if you just get 17 and 8 from him at a high efficiency rate, it changes the complete uh, dynamic of their offense compared to what they had with Covington. So, did you say eight rebounds? Yeah, See not gonna get you eight rebounds. You don't think so? That dude's
1: not, you know why? I mean, he averages he averages four for his career. So,
0: I, I, I don't I don't see him in that I, regard. I mean, did he average four because that wasn't what he was asked to do in those situations, or, or because he can't? He's six, he's six eight and immensely athletic. You're telling me that guy can't get eight? He can get easy got to get, I'm just saying, he get he's eight not,
1: accidentally. He's played, <laughs> you know, you know, he's he's not in year 1 and every, you know, his years where he I averaged, know. he's only averaged over 30 minutes a game three seasons in his career. Okay, how about 6? Can I get 6?
0: Can I get 6? <laughs> yeah, I mean maybe we'll see. You know, I'm just asking, you're asking him
1: to do something that he's only averaged over 5 rebounds a game once in his career and that's that. Great year that you're talking about efficiency wise. But I think that's City, where I think
0: that's useless. But go ahead.
1: I'm just saying, like he's not he. It, he's an interesting player because so much was about his potential, right? Like what he could do, what what what's he going to be? And then in Detroit, he was kind of the man on a bad teams, you know, and he did score a lot of points, but he shot poorly. Um, so my my question is more about. What does Chauncey Billups want not what Aaron Fentress wants wow. you know no disrespect wow but I'm saying we don't that's just do we rude. know what rude. it's just you don't coach the team <laughs> oh, I don't? don't get it's not fantasy. I, played, I played, it's real bad I was just starting a
0: center for 20 seconds last year go ahead
1: <laughs> there you go until you were benched. um but you know what I mean like that's my biggest question is what what is Jeremy Grant's role is it um play defense and you're gonna be In the Covington role, like in the sense that, yeah, if you're wide open, we're going to give it to you. And then if you could finish. Now, we all know Covington struggled at the rim. I mean, we saw miss layups and Grant does not struggle at the rim because he does not take layups. He dunks the basketball uh, with a vengeance. So, but I don't know what that role is, right? Because there are multiple forwards on this team that could play a lot of minutes. I don't know what Nasir Little's role is going to be. I don't know what Josh Hart's role is going to be. So... With that, I don't know what Grant's role is going to be. Now, I can't imagine he's not going to play 30 minutes a game, but is he going to play 35 or is he going to play, you know, 30? No, just, and yeah. is he going to play at the small forward? Is he going to play at the, you know, at the 4? Um cuz if he's at the 4, he better rebound, right? A little bit more. But if he's at the 3, um and you have Nurkic in there and, you know, another big, uh then maybe um you don't want him to do that. So um, I'm very interested in seeing what Jeremy Grant's role is, and that's part of finding out what Chauncey Billups is as a coach and what his strategy is. Uh, but as you mentioned about Nurkic, Jeremy Grant better play some defense, right? That's what I want to see. Jeremy Grant take on some really, uh, you know, some of the top scorers in the NBA and limit them, because that will that will change the
0: Blazers' dynamic and it'll change their win-loss I think they're going to want Jeremy Grant to score a lot, help on defense, get in there and rebound more than he has. In the recent past, he did average uh, 5.2 rebounds with Oklahoma City one year, Um, and he was at 4.6 two years ago with Detroit. But he has a – Yeah, but you said eight. You said eight. Can I finish? (laughs) In 2017-18 with OKC – And per 36 minutes, he only played 20, but he averaged seven. My point is, is how you'd use a guy. (laughs) If, if, if he's asked to go rebound, he, I mean, rebounds are so, like, Half the rebounds people get in the NBA aren't even really real rebounds. Yeah. Like, the ball bounces off the rim and you stand there and it bounces to you. They call it a rebound. Is that a rebound? Like, I think they should change the stat. to (laughs) An opposing player has to be within five feet of you for it to even count as a rebound, I think. But my point is, I think he's so athletic and playing um, alongside Nurkic as well. I think he's going to be able to fly in there and get offensive rebounds, get defensive rebounds if if he's aggressive and attacking and wants to do it. And I think they're going to... I think if he does do that, it's going to help this team immensely. So I'll, I'll go with six instead of eight, if that makes you feel better. But he's got to be active, I think. Otherwise, I think it hurts them. But they're they're going to use him as a slasher. They're going to spot him up for threes. Like, like I said, he's uh, you know, in... Well, actually in, in both spots, uh, most of his threes came off of assists, but he shot way better when he was being set up by good players. I think Damon Ant are really good at penetrating and kicking back out to someone like him. I think he's going to get great looks. Um, I would be shocked if he's not 18 and six. How about that? With 45% from the field and right around 38, 39% from threes. And if he does that, along with Nurkic being the Bosnian beast and Damian Lillard being back to MVP Dame. Boom, we're three-quarters, we're three-fifths of the way to an NBA championship contender. I think if we keep adding up the points that you want guys to score, the Blazers are going to be averaging like 140 a game. They can't lose. <laughs> no, I'm at, I think, 16 for Nurk. I'm at 34. I think Dame's going to be around 25, not 28, 29. So, yeah, I'm reasonable right now. I'm only at what, 57? 50, I'm at 57, but I'm going to have Ant averaging 40, so that's going to be the problem. <laughs> I love the math. (laughs)
1: All right. Uh, The next one, of course, that we got to talk about is um, the man that that Aaron Fentress uh, blows a kiss to on the poster on his wall before he goes to sleep every night. (laughs) And and that is Anthony Simons, AKA uh, Aaron Fentress's man crush. Um, (laughs) Good night, Aunt. Good night, Ant. <laughs> Your poor wife. <laughs> uh, and, I, you know, I think that uh, as much as um, you've already, uh, you know, named him an all-star <laughs> and, pos- and a probable <laughs> Hall of Famer. Uh, I can't believe he's not in the top 25 that ESPN <laughs> list. They're sleeping. They're sleeping on Anthony. The truth of the matter is right. um, we, uh, we, we don't know what uh, Anthony Simons is as a starting, you know, Player in the NBA on a a good team, and you're basically saying if the Blazers want to be a good team, they have to have a good (laughs) Anthony Simons, Um, and he has got to play next to Damian Lillard in a shared capacity rather than in a how it's been before, where mostly it was Anthony. You know, the year before he filled the offensive role when Dame was sitting. Um, So I think it's a big. You know something to look forward to see what that dynamic is like. Um, the good news is is that Dame is ridiculously supportive of Anthony and Anthony's ridiculously mm-hmm. respectful to Dame. So personality mm-hmm. wise, we know it'll click. It's just whether or not the basketball clicks like it did, you know, because people can say what they want about the CJ Dame thing. They were never going to win a title. And obviously that's true because they didn't, but they did figure out how to win a you know, uh, you know, a boatload of games of game. playing together. Right. Yeah. So can, can these two guys uh, fit and how are you going to be Fentress when Dame is getting the <laughs> ball more than your guy? Like how are you going to react?
0: Oh, I'll be leading every, every such game with Damien Lewis, a ball. <laughs> Give the ball to Ant. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> so, okay. First of all, I have zero reason. Well, okay. I have zero. Okay. I shouldn't say that. How should I start this? All right, I'm going to take off my Anthony Simons fanboy hat for a second. Put on my objectivity hat. So while I don't have a reason necessarily to believe that any of this is going to go south, there still are legitimate questions because Anthony in his career has had these moments where he showed flashes and then he kind of regressed a little bit or he disappeared on the on the Stotts' bench or what have you. And even last year, last December, he had a horrible month of December. like It was just awful. And then, of course, we found out later that he had, he had found out that his Grandfather was probably going to pass away soon. Uh, He shot 33% from the field. It was just not a good month for him. And then his grandfather passes away. Damien shut down for the season. And boom, he blows up with a 43-point night. Has 11 assists on back-to-back nights uh, later on. And ends up averaging 23-7 and that month, 24-5 and the next month. They give him $100 million, right? Okay, so that's all well and good. The problem is, and you alluded to this, one, he didn't play with Damien during that stretch. He was the lead guy, so now he has to go back to being number two and number three. Two, those games were meaningless. Meaningless. <laughs> like it was basically we're, we're CJ came back for a bit, but we're getting rid of CJ. We're getting rid of Pal. You know, you go out there and they they would say we wanted to clear the runway for Ant to just go and play. And so he was able to play fancy free with the he, he didn't have to defer to anybody. The games didn't really matter. I mean, he said he wanted to win, and they did win some surprising. Uh, they got some surprising victories, but there was still no real pressure to win. They were 10 games under, not 10 games over trying to win. So now you, you've you been given $100 million. You're coming into the season starting alongside Lillard. And you, you have to replace what CJ uh, produced and not just the points per game, but... The ice cold clutch baskets that he could make in a variety of ways from a variety of spots on the court, like you'd expect from a veteran guy who's been there, done that. So that experience level and that that just just not not, not just ice cold vein, blood in the veins, whatever you want to say, is something that we've never seen from Ant when it matters. We saw it from CJ. So can he? Replace that? Can he re- replicate that? If he can't, that's going to cost him some wins here and there. I believe he can, but we still have to see it to fully believe it. Correct? Oh Oh, one hundred percent. Because we've we've talked, so many people have talked about
1: how uh he is all the time and how low key he is, and as a positive, right? But what's he going to be? That was not CJ, and that is not Dame, right? Like they, you do need to have an edge. It doesn't mean you have to be. I mean, there's the Kawhi Leonard does it with almost no emotion, right? But you know, when when he needs to, he's not afraid. So, what is he going to be in clutch situations? Um, in a consistent, hopefully for a team that is consistently winning basketball games. Um, and I'm excited to see it. But there's a big difference from from being a guy with potential to being a guy that's starting and making a hundred million dollars. And I mean, right. it's just different. There's no more, well, you know, you know, the Blazers think they have something special in this kid. Well, now they don't think anymore. They, they're they dependent on it because they just gave him $100 million and told him you're going to, yeah. we traded that other guy. It's up to you. So um, I think that he's going to be really good, but I do think there is going to be some, uh, there's going to be a learning curve and I don't know how they play together. I mean- two guards it's always interesting to see so um, that's what I'm I, I'm excited to see that um and then you know to to help you move into your
0: last one what does that mean for the entire offense right how are these guys clicking I, I think offensively they're gonna be money dude like I, I just I, I, they're gonna be at top seven top eight scoring team in the league I, I think they're gonna they're gonna put up numbers they, they were top five two years ago in Stotts' final year. I think they have more of offensive power, or more versatile offensive p- firepower now. uh, With by adding Grant, they didn't have a guy like Grant. I think he's going to get a lot of cheap, easy baskets, just dunking on fools. Something they didn't really have. But who cares about any of that? Because the bottom line is, the top four things I talked, we talked about, <clears throat> that I'm writing about, none of that matters unless Chauncey Billups can actually coach, right? <laughs> and the defense, and the defense can be fixed. Yeah. And the truth is, I see people sometimes picking on Chauncey. It's like, if you think you can look at that season and say you know whether or not Chauncey Billups can coach, you're just looking to be negative. And if you look at that season and say, oh, I think he's going to be great, you're just looking to be positive. We don't know. Now, evidence of them, uh, uh, evidence that he could actually be a good coach are those four games I mentioned where Dame was finally healthy and they won those four in a row. And they beat Toronto, Chicago, I think Denver and someone else I can't remember. Um, so they beat a couple quality teams. And then Dame fell to pieces physically and then CJ got hurt. Uh, but that stretch late in the season after they made the trades and their, their starting lineup was Dame, excuse me, Ant, Hart, uh, Nasir was already out as well, Winslow, Watford, and Nurkic or whatever. And they won four straight, including at Milwaukee, Giannis didn't play, but still, and at Memphis. And those teams, the thing about those teams is they played Amazingly well together. They shared the ball. They made smart decisions. Uh, they played aggressive defense. Winslow was playing with a chip on his shoulder like no other. Uh, and so if that is an indication of what we're going to see from this team defensively and, and in terms of sharing the ball, then I think Billups is going to have success as long as the defense is fixed as well. I'm saying they, their defensive rating last year is 117, which It's awful, but a lot of that was late in the season. But even late in the season, even before late in the season, they were bad. They need to get up into the 110 range. 110 last year still puts you in the top 10. So if they can get to a 110 defensive rating, it's crazy how much defensive ratings have changed in the NBA. 110 used to be bad. Now 110 is top 10 in the league. But if they can get up to that point, which I think they can, then they have a shot to to win 50 games and contend.
1: Yeah, like I, you care about those. I know you're using those four games because what else? Here's it. The only thing I know, the only thing I know about Chauncey Billups as a head coach is that people he was so well respected around the NBA that he he could have he had many choices of what kind of jobs he wanted. He could be a head mm-hmm. coach. He could have been a general manager. Um, and people that know basketball a lot more than I do think that Chauncey Billups can be a, a not just a good but a great head basketball coach in the NBA. And this year, if this the team rolls out the way it is, and they don't all just you know get hurt like kind of last year, he's going to have he's not going to have excuses to to stink, right? You can't stink because this team should not stink right. on paper. They should not. Uh, they should no. be competitive. They're not a championship caliber team, but they're not awful. And so I'm I'm interested to see. We've always Chauncey Billups is a hard nosed defensive player. He came in telling us that he was going to be a defensive coach. So now we got to see it. And, um, you know, I'm confident that Chauncey Billups is going to be able to do that. And then of course, what is his relationship? Nothing matters in the NBA. If you can't have a good relationship with your star player, that's just the truth of the matter. That's how the NBA rolls. Yeah. Cause if you can't have that, it won't work. And Damon and Chauncey did not have a enough time together on the court to see how that worked. Um, Damien has been nothing but complimentary about uh, Chauncey, and I think they get along. I'll say this about Dame, though. He's such a pro, we wouldn't really know, right? You know, like, he he he's doesn't do stuff that – he doesn't do what Kevin Durant does. <laughs> Just tell everybody, I hate my coach and I hate my GM. Oh, I'm good. You know, like, he's not going to do that. So I'm. those are the two things I want to see. Um, you know, what Chauncey Bullops does with a decent team uh, on an everyday basis – uh, but the relationship between him and Damian Lillard, because in the NBA, you cannot
0: ignore that that's a huge factor. Okay. That's my top five. I'm sticking to them. If they all happen, I'll be covering the NBA finals <laughs> or at least the Western Conference finals. If just one falls off, then I will not. If three fall off, lottery again. Anyway, moving along. Camp, as we said, starts next week. I have three key storylines here. We're going to run through them real quickly, uh, starting with you, Craig. Yeah,
1: well, let's start out with uh the small forward position. We got two guys that potentially can start. We know Grant's gonna be a starter, at one of the forwards, but are we gonna see Josh Hart? Are we gonna see Nasir Little? Is Little healthy enough? Um, does is Nasir gonna be a six man? Is Hart gonna be a six man? I think that's gonna that's all gonna play out in training camp and then maybe even into the preseason.
0: Yeah, to me that's the most interesting storyline. I think everything else is pretty much set in the starting lineup. Um you know, you have Gary Payton II who's going to miss all of training camp and preseason after going through the same core muscle surgery that Lillard went under last January. Uh I think the surgery went down in May or June. They kept it secret for a while but announced it last week. So he will be out missing training camp, which is not ideal. Uh, but he's going to give – he's a good no. backup two or three. I, you know, heart, the heart and Nasir battle is going to be interesting. I, for one, I think I would go with Nasir because – Nasir is not that hard. Doesn't give you this, but Nasir is going to give you the the attitude where I don't need the ball. I know I'm not supposed to shoot unless I'm wide open. I'm gonna crash the boards. I'm gonna play defense. We spend a lot of injury energy there. I'm gonna go get offensive rebounds to keep some possessions alive. Uh it, and you get me out on the fast break. I'm, I'm running with speed and power. I mean, could you imagine Nurkic rebound outlet to Dame or Ant, and they've got Nasir and, and Grant on the wings? <laughs> like that's that's a pretty formidable uh fast break unit right there. And then with Hart, Hart then comes in as you did backup two. Well, he's definitely gonna be a backup two and, and a backup three. And you can slide Nasir to four if you need to. And then of course Peyton's a backup two and a backup three, and ants a backup one. Um, So you can sort of, I think you can mess around better with the lineup. If Hart's coming off the bench than Nasir, but I mean, I'm sure that that's not necessarily 100% true, but that's sort of my guess right now. Plus, I think that you kind of, this long-term, Nasir has more of a foothold, I think, with this franchise than Hart. They have an extended Hart. um, So I don't know what what the situation is going to be there with him, but I kind of like that starting lineup better with Nasir and Hart and Peyton coming off the bench.
1: My thing is, I don't. It, it doesn't really matter that much who starts or who finishes. And I could see Nasir. I mean, Nasir starting and hard, hard finishing because he's going to hit some more clutch clutch shots. But go ahead. Yeah. And and you know he's a and he has more experience. And he uh, they're both hard nosed players that play really hard. So energy is not a factor, right? Um, but you know, to me, it all depends on Nasir's growth, right? You talk about the future. You know, for a very short period of time, Nasir Little was headed toward being, an, you know, an all-star very quickly for a 10-game stretch there. So, to me, it's about the growth. I don't really care who starts because the minutes are going to probably be split. They're both going to be in the, you know, the the 20s. And then um whoever finishes will be in the high 20s. And then whoever doesn't will be, you know, in the lower 20s. Um, And then the Peyton aspect, like where does he fit? uh because he can play so many positions and guard so many positions. So some of that will depend on that. But yeah, I think the easiest thing is to start Nasir and um, let it flow and then bring heart in uh, wherever you need to. Uh, but to me, it'll close game, uh, four minutes left. That's where I'm interested. Who's on the floor? Because that's
0: when it that's when it all matters. And that's when the coach goes with the guy he trusts the most. Exactly. All right. So we agree on that. That's pretty scary. All right. Next up, (laughs) the front (laughs) court depth situation. This is something that fans are uneasy about because right now your backups to Grant and Nurkic are Justice Winslow, Drew Eubanks, Trenton Watford, and rookie Jabari uh, Walker, who... Although he looked really good in the summer playing against guys who are not going to be on NBA rosters this summer, I do not believe is going to be truly in the mix. The guy that I think people need to really uh, start to appreciate is going to be Winslow. And I say that because he he's he's just a junkyard dog type of guy, man. A Swiss Army knife. He, his shooting, yeah, you don't want him shooting. I know he says he wants to work on his three-point shooting, and that's all well and good. But last year... He, in the last five games of the season, he was, he was two for, uh, looks like 13 from three. He's just not a shooter at all, but he will rebound. He will play tough defense and he's a really good passer. He had six assists once, four assists another time, uh, five assists you know, in the loss to the Nets late in the season there. Uh, that's another guy who's going to facilitate and find guys who have better looks at the basket. So that's good to have. So I like him there. Eubanks is interesting. Like, I kind of feel like I'm underselling him. I'm not overly excited about him, but he does give you some athleticism. If he's only playing 15 minutes a night, I think you're good. Watford is the next guy up at center. If he's only playing eight minutes, I think you're good. Uh, and that's sort of who you're rolling with. I'm a little uneasy about it, but there's some potential. Yeah, you can't pay everybody. That's what that, that list says. <laughs> right. That's what it says.
1: Like you can't play, you can't pay everybody. And so they didn't, that's where the, you know, you're going to have every NBA team, even the best, um, elite have an area where you're like, well, we didn't spend money there, did we? And they did not spend money on, uh, you know, front court debt. So you need Winslow to be healthy and good because the, you know, he has struggled with injuries, but when healthy, he's an NBA player who knows that he's a role player. Now he knows that he's not a, going to be an all-star, um, you know what you're going to get. I think Drew Eubanks when uh, he's played at times in the NBA for, you know, in minutes that matter, but mostly in minutes that don't. And, you know, if this team is good, we're not going to see a lot of Watford and we're not going to see Jabari at all. You know, that's what it comes down to. Um, but Winslow's the guy that you need to produce because you, he, he's going to play minutes. Um, and at some point in time, there's going to be foul trouble and injuries and he's going to start, you know, at, at a place Um, and if he gets hurt those other three names are not good to have as guys that play significant minutes now maybe Watford keeps growing I mean he showed signs but he's also showed knucklehead signs and he you know he treated the summer league like you know it was uh, it was the NBA championship which is cool but um, you know not not much there to to expect and uh, you know that's the place where the the Blazers are going to be in trouble if they if they have foul trouble. And it's why it's why they built a team with guys like Grant and Hart and Peyton uh, and Nasir that can play multiple positions so that you don't have to use this depth.
0: Exactly. Now, to be fair to you, Banks, in 29 minutes last year, 14.5 points, 8.5 yeah. rebounds, 64% from the floor, just proving once again that if you get any NBA player minutes, they can put up fancy level numbers. Right. <laughs> I think I. But the up weird thing the about season. that is, but yeah. that means he missed he missed four dunks <clears throat> out of every ten dunks. <laughs> right. <laughs> and they lost by twenty or thirty almost every night. So again, I, I, I think in spot minutes here and there, if, Nurk, if Nurkis gives you thirty and he gives you ten and Watford eight, I think you're good at center.
1: Okay. I, I like Eubanks. I really do. I mean, he's good yeah. energy. Obviously, I saw him play in high school and in college, and I right. think his energy is great. And he knows his limits. He he plays really hard on defense, but you know that. That there's a reason why he is where you know he's in the NBA because of all the positive things we said, and exactly. and so it's no, it's really I like Eubanks. It's just that he's not going to be, from what we've seen, he's not going to be a significant contributor to a very to a um, an NBA you know championship caliber caliber team in a role where you have to depend on him. Correct. I think that's diplomatic and fair. All right, and the final thing that you want to see during camp, of course, is what we, we discussed is that Lillard's got some <laughs> new friends. You know, like he's got to play <laughs> Will he with... play well with these new friends? Right. He's <laughs> like, <laughs> hey, I, he said he wanted to play with Grant. Okay, now you got him. You got him. And uh, you said you wanted – now, we won't learn about, you know, Peyton. Uh, but, you know, you said you wanted, uh, you know, some more help. Well, you got help. How's, how are you going to play with Hart? You know, he knows he does. He's played with Nasir a little, little bit, but uh, you know, there's different, there's different people. And it's not just who's, who's there. It's who's not like, how are you going to play without CJ McCollum? Like what, what is the dynamic going to be now? Of course. Early in his career, we saw what it was like, and it was it was pretty good because he won that thing <laughs> called Rookie of the Year because he could play pretty well without him. But you know, it's a long time to be playing with one guy as your as your number two, as your co-pilot. So Lillard with a new group and a new coach, really, because he didn't get a lot of time with the uh, with you know, Chauncey, yeah, with Chauncey. So that's all going to be cool
0: because so goes Damian Lillard, so goes the Blazers. Exactly, yeah, he. He talked a lot about his relationship with CJ and how they got to kn- know each other and how they pushed each other, corrected each other, kept each other in line. You know, Dane would say, yeah, maybe I was the all-star, but CJ knew that we were equals and that CJ could tell me, hey, you know, you got to get it together or you're not doing something. And he would listen to him. Um, he doesn't have that now. He doesn't have that that peer on this yeah. team that's not – I mean, CJ wasn't as equal as a player, but he was as equal as a teammate. Uh, in a lot, in a lot of ways, and Dame allowed that to happen, which was a testament to Dame's character. But now he's got a young and an Amphirene who he's pretty much raised as a puppy. They brought in Grant, <laughs> someone he definitely wanted. They brought in Hart, um, who I think will fit well. But he's never, he never played a minute with Hart last year. <clears throat> he's never played with Grant. He's never played with Winslow. Um, and he's never started. Well, he started. I think he started a couple games with Ant, but not enough to really get, give a good sample size. So yeah, he's got to adjust. And like you said, the whole Billups thing. He, he only played with Billups when he was hurt and <laughs> when the team was falling apart. Yep. And uh, he's, he's, he's spoken highly of Billups. He clearly publicly believes in him and has bought into him. He wanted him. He was one of the two guys he named that he wanted. He got him. Yep. So yeah, he's got a lot of things that he wanted. Billups, Grant, he wanted Peyton. It's his team still. He's got to figure out the chemistry or could we see a slow start because they're working out the chemistry, right? Are they going to start out five and eight? Because they're working things out. Uh, hopefully that's not the case from, from their standpoint. But uh, he's got to figure those things out with his new teammates. Agreed. Agreed? <coughs> agreed. Sorry. We, we agreed a lot today. That's scary. Damn. We can't be doing that. Because <laughs> I question if I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> All
1: Appreciate right. That you. is
0: it. That is it. We will do our next podcast next week. I will be... Doing it from beautiful Santa Barbara, maybe on the Going beach. Going back to Cali, baby. The wind, the wind might be a factor with the, the microphone, though, right? I probably can't do it from the beach. Um, <laughs> but uh, hopefully we'll, we'll do it maybe Wednesday or Thursday. I have a little intel from a few days of practice to go off of. But uh, thanks for listening to the Blazer Focus podcast. Please remember to click the subscribe button and leave us a positive review. We would appreciate that. And we will catch you next week.